0: Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columns for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Today we're catching up again with Q Mines Limited. I say catching up again because we last did a podcast with the company ahead of its listing in May this year, when the company raised 11.5 million from an issue of shares at 30 cents each. Q has been kicking some goals since we last spoke, which is reflected in its share price. Uh, Now trading at $0.38 and it trades under the code QML or Quebec Mike Lima. Given the company's uh, sole Queensland focus, that should probably be Queensland Mike Lima. We again have Andrew Spark, QMines Executive Chairman, on hand to bring us up to speed with what the company has been doing since listing. Just as as a reminder though, I mentioned QMines has a copper-gold focus. And has the historic Mount Charms project, which is about 17 kilometres northeast of Rockhampton, as its flagship project. It is an historic producer with uh, copper and gold history dating back to the 1860s, and last produced in 1982. Q Mines would with a 73,000 tonne copper equivalent resource at Mount Charms with copper and gold coming along with silver, lead and zinc credits. It has just upgraded the resource estimate, increasing its development potential at a time of particularly strong copper prices. More on that in a moment. I'll also mention that while Mount Chalmers has been around a long time, it is the intent of Q Mines to bring it back as Australia's first zero emissions copper and gold producer. More on that on a moment as well. All up. QMines has an interesting story to tell, and Garampiero notes that the analysts at the stock breaking firm Shorten Partners identified upside in the group's share price in response to Mount Sharma's growing development potential. It recently put a $0.74 cent price target on the stock, with a report available on QMines website. So with that, it's uh, I'll say good day to Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to the podcast. Hey Barry. Thanks for having me. Andrew, I mentioned uh, the resource upgrade. Uh, earlier this month. Let's run through the resource upgrade. And uh, you were at 73,000 tonnes of Copper equivalent. Where did you get to
1: with the update? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Look, I must admit, since listing in May, it's been a a feverish uh, six months, but um, uh, I'm pleased to say that we've upgraded the resource by about 38% in this current upgrade, uh, getting it from uh, 3.9 million tonnes to about 5.8 million tonnes at 1.7% Copper equivalent. Uh, so we're, at, we're officially at 101,000 tonnes now, and that bodes well for our plan to get to about that 200,000 tonne uh, mark, uh, which we set ourselves a goal of about two years from listing. So we're, we're already over halfway, which is fantastic. And, um, and to give your listeners a bit of a feel for that, you know, why we want to get to about 200,000 tonnes, that, that equates to about 1.1 1. 1 million ounces gold equivalent. Uh, in gold terms, so uh, so we think that's sufficient scale to to then warrant moving into into the development phase and, and starting out, kicking off our feasibility studies. So so look, we, we promised the market we'd, we'd deliver a resource upgrade in the in the fourth quarter. We've done that on time and on budget, so we're we're really going going well.
0: well okay. I don't want to put you under too much pressure, but the the company has been reporting some impressive uh, high grade hits at Mount Chalmers. Does that go uh, perhaps to another resource upgrade in the works, uh, perhaps in the June half of next year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we've we've said we'd uh, you know we deliver one in the first half of next year, so um so we'll, we'll try and do that in the, probably the second quarter. Um, uh, is, is the intention? Uh, that will be our third resource update uh, since acquiring the project in December, um, you know, two thousand and twenty. So we're we've got a great team here of guys that just really roll up their sleeves and get things um, moving. Uh, and, and a lot of our staff have a lot of skin in the game. So we're, we're sort of starting to build a bit of a track record now of, of um, you know, being a team that really delivers. And it might be worth just mentioning, taking a little away from your question, but our last business um, was a, we had a, a gold mine in WA and we sold that to a large private equity group end of last year. Uh, and the 2 years uh, predating that that sale we actually delivered six resource updates uh, and a maiden reserve statement and a full PFS um, in around about 2 years so um, so we've got a similar strategy here at Qmines it's it's about trying to progress this quickly and cost effectively and uh, and the resource update that came out um, uh, last week is is certainly uh, I think demonstrates we're on track and we're uh, we're kicking goals which is great
0: I noticed in that uh, Shores, uh research note on the company with its target price of, uh, what was it, 74 cents, they actually factored in 120,000 tons copper equivalents, and you've mentioned your 200,000 ton target again not wanting to push things too hard but uh, when could you get to 200 you think
1: yeah look I think we would like to try and deliver it within two years of listing officially um, yeah you know, we're a team that always tries to under promise and over deliver so um, so you know we, we've set ourselves the, the goal of, of two years but um, you know we, we'd hope that we might be able to do it even sooner uh, and and if you go back through some of our recent material, particularly a recent presentation that we put out there, we've um, we've identified we've got a number of different growth levers uh, to try and achieve that. Uh, obviously, we've you know we're, we're drilling around the existing mine site at the moment, but um, but we've actually also got three other deposits around that mine site um, which are already drilled and modelled uh, by historic explorers uh, that isn't currently in the resource. So. Um, so we're quite confident that, um, you know, we've obviously got e-marked a third resource update in that first half of next year, but you'll likely see more resource updates next year, uh, more than one, that is. Uh, and, and initially we'll focus on, obviously, the near-mine brownfields extensions. Uh, but then, you know, early in the new year, we'll start to look at some of these exploration targets and converting those into resource. So, so we've really worked hard on how do we, you know, de-risk this business plan uh, for our shareholders given, you know, Minerals exploration is is um, you know has obviously inherent risk, particularly greenfields exploration. So, so I think with those other deposits around the site that have already been drilled and we already you know roughly know the tons and grade that really helps, I suppose to de-risk that that upside for our shareholders. So, um, uh, so yeah, so we're we're quietly confident that this is that the uh, the business plan is tracking really well and and against uh, against the time frame that we set so far.
0: I think you started out committing to a. Uh a 30,000 metre program. So I take it from what you're saying then that it's a case of just keep on drilling.
1: Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, we, we've currently got two rigs on site at the moment, two diamond rigs. We just had a, um, a an RC rig leave. We're moving into a sort of a wet season now, but we've, we're really fortunate that we've worked really hard, um, you know, during the months leading up to the wet season, doing a lot of prep work that we we're able to sort of drill through most of this. So we'll be drilling right up into Christmas. And that's little things like putting gravel down on the roads. We've got a, a great sort of workspace and accommodation facilities on site so we're not having to travel far. And all those things allow us to sort of operate when, when many others are sort of starting start to slow down. So, so yeah, as I say, we've got two rigs on site at the moment. We're sort of currently investigating it, maybe stepping that up in the new year, potentially to three, maybe even four rigs. So we'll, we'll look at that over the break and see what, what we can work on. But, um, but yeah, look, I think this, this year... Given we've only six months from a listing, we've already achieved a lot. We're we're starting to grow in confidence that this this deposit or these a number of deposits in the region have a lot more to go and there's a lot more resource to unlock here. So so we 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 sort of see an opportunity to potentially you know accelerate things in the new year and try and hit that target a little sooner.
0: And what's the situation regionally? Because you mentioned the other three uh nearby deposits, but I was just wondering it could be a real game changer for you to you know, uncover another VHMS deposit uh, regionally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, earlier in the year, we actually identified um, four very, very large soil anomalies, which, um, which we've talked about a fair bit out in the media. And, and those soil anomalies are, we called it at the time, Mount Chalmers lookalikes. And for those of you listeners who are sort of, you know, non-technical I'll explain that this is a what we call a v, VHMS deposit, or sometimes known as a VMS deposit. And, uh, and generally, they incur in clusters of between 5 and 40 individual deposits within a cluster. And so, what that means is that we expect that we'll find more and more of these deposits as we start to explore. And, uh, and to date, we've already identified seven additional deposits outside the main deposit around the, the existing Mount Chalmers mine site. And as I mentioned just before, that three of those are already drilled and modeled. So, um, so we've got three that are what I call lower risk brownfields sort of exploration targets which we'll go and focus on first. But we've also got four very, very large soil anomalies which um, which we, we're going to start drilling in the new year as well and we only have to find another Mount Chalmers or hopefully potentially even more and this story really starts to um, grow in scale. So... Um, So we're really, I've got to say, our technical team are really quite excited. We've had um, contractors up on site doing some structural work and looking at things for us. And, you know, everyone's really keen to get out and drill some of those larger soil anomalies and also those exploration targets around the existing mine site. Tell us a bit about the
0: technical team. Who are the guys you've
1: got? Okay, so it's headed up um, by a gentleman called uh, James Anderson, who came over from, uh, from WA, from Alt Resources, which we obviously sold last year, and, and also his, you know, his partner up there, Hamish Grant, who's a, uh, a geologist with you know, a great track record of you know, adding uh, or growing resources. He, he was obviously instrumental in, in growing the, uh, the resource at, um, at Bottle Creek in, in WA, which we sold last year. Uh, and he, he grew that from uh, zero ounces in the ground to just under 600,000 ounces uh, of gold and four and a half million ounces in silver over, over that two year period before we sold it. So, um, so he's, he's a really fantastic young fellow. He's, um, you know, he's, he's got a lot of drive, a lot of energy, and, and, um, and he's, he's obviously had a lot of success already up at Mount Chalmers. So, so they're, they're the two sort of main guys behind, um, behind the business in a technical sense, but we've got a lot of, um, we've got a, a, another geologist on site and, and a number of consultants that um, we're working with. I
0: imagine it wouldn't be uh, too hard attracting talent given the uh, location, 17 k's northeast of Rocky.
1: Yeah, that's that's right. It's actually it's it's great being uh, up on the coast. Um, you know, there's no flies. You're, you're only you know 25 k's from the the nearest pub, and and uh, you know it's it's it really is a nice working environment. So um, you know, lots of green, rolling hills, and you know you're not out. In, Forty degree heat set in the middle of WA. So it's um, so I think because the, the guys are really enjoying it up there and and uh, we've got the added benefit of having, you know, obviously just acquired a second house up there. So we've got some great accommodation facilities for the staff and I think they're really enjoying, you know, being up there and, and being closer to uh, the major capital cities.
0: Uh, you have been setting a cracking pace. So I was just wondering how the uh, cash is holding up.
1: Yeah, going really well. So we as you mentioned in the intro, we raised eleven and a half million dollars at IPO in May. Uh, I'm pleased to say at the end of the quarter, we still had $7.5 million in the tin. Uh, and importantly, we also had put 1.4 of that um, money we spent into buying four rural properties. So, it's gone into hard assets, which we own. So, so if, if you sort of combine the two, there's still $9 million worth of property assets and cash you know, on the balance sheet. So, um, we're really in a fantastic position, although we've been really moving the business forward Quite quickly, we're, we're actually doing it on, in quite a conservative way, uh, and that's thanks to the, the great technical team that we have, and and the fact that um, a lot of the team have you know big ownership in the business, and they really you know treat the cash like it's their own. So um, so head off to James Anderson, our, our general manager of operations, who's really been delivering this you know as cheaply and as cost effectively as he can.
0: The Acquisition of those properties was that about. What, creating a buffer zone to a future development or just speeding up the drilling approvals process or all of the above?
1: Yeah, it's all of the above. So, we sort of, when we started, um, when we acquired the project in December of 2020, we did a, um, I'm very big on strategy. and, And so, we did a quite a big strategy assessment on. You know not only how we're going to grow this business and and, and also manage risk, which is a, a part of strategy. I don't think many uh, many particularly junior explorers uh, look look closely at. Um, but but another part of it is what are the key you know issues that we think we'll face or that we've identified that that may slow that process down. And and the main one um, for us being in Queensland was um, was access to the freehold land. And so that that um, you know. Once we'd identified that, we, we embarked on a sort of process of six months um, to, you know, engage with, uh, with local landowners, understand their, you know, um, you know their, their, their interest in, in selling properties. And there were always sort of, you know, four or five key properties that we, we were targeted. And I'm pleased to say that we've, we've picked up um, pretty much all of those now. So, so what, it, what it does for us is it allows us to continue the, the, you know the the rapid um, pace at which we're we're exploring up there and growing that resource base um, without having to sort of negotiate with with local landowners for access and you know compensation all those sort of things that, that can be quite difficult in, in Queensland at times so um, so it's really really you know I think quite a, a sensible uh, strategic move that's um uh, that's allowing us to really accelerate the business plan and also as you mentioned uh, in your question also we think it'll allow us to really accelerate that development timeline which is something that's a big part of our um, a big part of our strategy.
0: Nice bit of a strategic thinking there which leads into my next question about copper when you IPO did you think you'd be looking at what four dollar thirty a pound copper and people like goldman Sachs suggesting five sixty six bucks in the on the horizon
1: yeah oh, look it's it's been i've got to say it's been a great tailwind and it's the one thing that we can't uh, can't manage as a business so it's it's really nice to see that um, you know that the markets have been very kind but Look, I, I will say that, you know, I think it's going to continue. Um, you know, everyone's got a, a, their own view on this, but my personal view is that, you know, 40% of the world's copper comes from two countries, um, Chile and, and Peru, which are obviously uh, right up in the Andes. Um, uh, and, and, and because of their, a lot of those mines that are were sort of discovered way back in the 50s and 60s, they're, they're getting quite old and tired. And, um, and you also see that um, grades are declining and because they're so far from the coast and so high up in the Andes, that, you know, just access to little things like water for processing and, uh, and staff, you know, trying to bring your staff in and out, up and down through the mountains each day, uh, is really quite challenging. So, um, so, so I believe that, you know, you've not only got this really strong demand backdrop with this electrification of just about everything, uh, but, but also that I think over time you're going to see more and more constrained supply. So, so a big, yeah, you know, when we obviously sold the the gold business um, back in September last year, we, we deliberately wanted to you know, pivot into copper, and we wanted to stay in. Um, you know, given we had COVID as a backdrop and everything else, we really wanted to try and stay in Australia. Uh, we we knew that you know Australia had um, was a great location close to Asia, which was the biggest um, you know consumer of copper globally. So and uh, and you know when we. We assessed about 40 or 50 different businesses, and Mount Chalmers was obviously had some grade. It's by the coast, was a historic mine. Um, and so, you know, it really ticked a lot of boxes for us. So, yeah, it's, it's been very pleasing to see the copper price uh, perform very well.
0: I mentioned uh, in the introduction the net zero emissions target by 2030. How will that be achieved, and uh, why is that important, you think, going forward?
1: Yeah, look, okay, it's, we've, we've sort of started early on this. We, we identified this as a, you know, some, a, a real point of difference for our business, um, just before listing. And, and, and so far, I'm pleased to say today that we've, we're actually, um, making, we're not just talking about it, we're making some really good strides forward in this, in this space. So our Mount Chalmers project's actually 100%, um, powered by renewable energy. You know, that's very hard for anyone to say, but we we've, we've, we've been investing heavily up there. Uh, in a you know some, a number of small solar farms, we've got a small wind turbine and battery backup system. Um, so we're we're very pleased to say that 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 um, that that whole site is is charged by renewable electricity, and we intend to continue that. Uh, also, you would have seen an initiative early in the year uh, where we've with we've, uh, we as part of a quite an extensive carbon audit we did on the business in uh, in December last year. Basically, showed that um, you know the majority of our fossil fuel um, usage came from diesel usage for things like drill rigs and you know, Utes and and um, and generators, and whatnot. So, so we signed a um, a long term, a four year agreement with a, a very reputable Australian renewable fuel company, um, and and under that agreement, we're from next year we're going to start using a twenty percent renewable fuel in, in a blend of diesel, uh, which will obviously reduce our um, our diesel um, carbon footprint by, by 20% initially, but we see an opportunity to move that to 50% and hopefully 100% as time goes on. So, uh, so, yeah, so there's a lot of initiatives going on here. We're treating this very seriously. Uh, some other things that a lot of people may not think about in the mining space is one of your biggest sources of carbon is actually transport and fly in, fly out, you know, of, of staff and whatnot. So, so we've committed to, at a bare minimum, procuring more than 50% of our produce locally, hiring more than 50% of our staff locally, and so on and so forth. And that's having a big impact as well on, uh, on our overall carbon footprint. So we're, we're we really making some good, good strides forward in this space.
0: I personally find it kind of neat that we're talking about a 100-year-plus operation that's been around, project that's been mined over the time, and here we are in the modern era um, with a clean sheet of paper saying, well, we're going to do it on a net-zero emissions basis.
1: Yeah, that, no, that's right. It's a really nice shift that you're seeing in the industry at the moment, um, and I think we see it as an opportunity to really lead the space and uh, and the thinking and, um, you know, it's, it's with with copper being one of our key uh, key products that we expect to produce you know we see an opportunity to generate additional value um, over and above the value we're creating just by growing resources and moving this to development but we, we think there's some additional value to unlock by um, generating a green copper products and we think they'll trade at a premium in the future so, so we're looking at a number of different pricing levers and, and different, you know, value creation levers to add value for our shareholders, and we see this as being um, being a, a really strong one.
0: Uh, it's interesting um, that value add that can come from being producing, say, green copper. Uh, you only have to listen into a BHP or a Rio Tinto presentation nowadays. Uh, one third of the presentation is on their ESG credentials, their zero emissions. Uh, target. So they're obviously hearing that loud and clear from investors. So uh, it's good that you guys are getting in early, I suppose.
1: Yeah, no, you're
0: right. So let's bring it all together and give uh, investors uh, an idea of what news flow they should be looking out for as we uh, go into 2022.
1: Yeah, okay. So so look, obviously, I think people have got a sense that we're, we're a team that delivers and we deliver on time and on budget. And you know we, we want that thing to continue into the new year. Uh, we've got a, a third resource update planned uh, obviously for that first half of next year but as I said we expect to, to deliver more than one resource update next year as we have done this year uh, and it's all about getting to that 200,000 tons which is a, a critical mass which we think you know putting it into layman's terms is about 1.1 million ounces of gold and that, that would we think allow us to transition into that development phase. Um, now what does that mean for shareholders? You know there's at the moment, there's only three to four copper producers listed on the ASX. Uh, there's, there's only three to four developers on the ASX and there's a massive tail of explorers. And, you know, we think that we could generate a lot more value by transitioning out of that exploration phase with a, with a lot stronger resource into development and trying to generate a green copper product, um, you know, uh, for sale likely in, in Asia. So that's, that's really what underpins the, um, you know, the... Um, the growth strategy at, uh, at Q Mines. And I think, you know, uh, the last week's uh, resource upgrade really shows that we're on track to deliver that. And, and as a final comment, I think it's worth mentioning that, um, you know, that, that resource actually not only delivered 38% in the measured and category, uh, sorry, in, in increasing the overall size, but it actually also delivered just under 80% in the measured and indicated categories, draw categories. And what that means is that'll allow us to really now start to, um, uh, Fast track that development plan quietly behind the scenes, which we did very well and very effectively at all. So, so that'll mean lots of lots of pricing catalysts, lots of news flow, uh, and lots of um, you know leverage that exploration success and that growing resource, which um, which I think um, you know uh, in, in our minds adds, adds significant value for our shareholders in the new year. Right, there you go, folks. Interesting story. News flow uh,
0: as strong as it gets for a company of its size and. With a growing resource base, which uh, Andrew made the point there, that there's not many uh, juniors available as a development option on the ASX, so certainly worth having a look at Q mines. So, Andrew, with that, thanks for your time today. We're watching with interest, and best of luck with it all.
1: Great, thanks, Barry. Appreciate chat.
0: Cheers. This episode of the Explorers Podcast was sponsored by RM Corporate Finance, an active participant in emerging companies around the globe.